Imagine doing a college internship covering the State House as a reporter when the State House is virtually shut down due to a pandemic. We'll talk about what that's like with four interns at the University of Illinois Springfield's Public Affairs Reporting Program on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. Since 1972, the University of Illinois Springfield has been training government reporters through its Public Affairs Reporting, or PAR, program. Over the years, more than 700 journalists have earned their master's degrees there, and many of them are still working at the State House and various news outlets in Illinois and throughout the country. One of the highlights of the program is a six-month internship where students are teamed up with a State House news organization. They get hands-on experience working in a newsroom, covering news conferences, committee hearings, floor action, state agencies, and other aspects of state government. But the PAR program's class of 2020 has had a unique experience, to say the least. That's because the State House has been largely shut down since early March due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So what's it been like training as a State House reporter during a pandemic? And what will it be like to be a young reporter with a newly minted master's degree looking for a job in the news business when media outlets all over the country are scaling back because they're not seeing any ad revenue? To talk about that, we're joined by four of this year's PAR interns. Cade Heather, who's been working with the State Journal Register here in Springfield. Hello, Cade. Hello. Also with us is Tim Eggert, who's been working with the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin. Tim? Hey, Peter. How you doing? Good. And Capital News Illinois' own intern this year, Ben Orner. Ben, good to see you after several weeks. We haven't seen each other face-to-face. Yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing you in person again, Peter. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Neil Early, who's been working with the Chicago Sun-Times. So the first thing I want to ask, and we'll let each of you chime in on this, how different has this experience been from what you expected when you signed up for the gig? Ben, we'll go to you first. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of us thought, you know, there was going to be a lot of floor action. I mean, we were consistently told, like, you know, once those, like, March elections end and sort of, like, April, May, things are really going to ramp up. There are going to be, you know, like, entire weeks where lawmakers are in session and there's going to be countless committee hearings and press conferences and, um, you know, like, floor action to cover. And uh, now, like... Once, when, like when elections came and went, everything kind of stopped. So we've done a lot more reporting on state agencies and sort of like checks and balances instead of like floor action. So that's been something to uh, to adapt to. So what would you say? What's been the most challenging part of this? Um, I'll let uh, I'll let Tim answer that because uh, he has a unique beat with all this. Okay, Tim. Yeah, I think the most challenging part has been, uh, like Ben uh, mentioned, is adaptability. Uh, we're, we were expecting a lot of in-person interaction, but as uh, you know, circumstances have changed, we've had to adapt to virtual reporting. Um, for me, I've actually been coming into the state house every day since the stay-at-home order went into place. Um, and obviously, there's there's no one really around, but it's been nice to kind of have a sense of normalcy here. Uh, but again, the most challenging part has really just been uh, putting yourself into a, into a new frame, um, adapting to, to virtual reporting. 
and trying to maintain that sense of normalcy. Now, at the Daily Law Bulletin, you also cover the courts. Um, the Illinois Supreme Court has done something it's never done before. It's gone to having uh, virtual sessions. What's that been like? That's right. Um, so, so May has been the first uh, ever virtual docket. Uh, the justices heard oral arguments over Zoom, uh, and it's been as as a reporter, it's been really nice to to see all the justices on screen at once. Um, typically, you can do that by going into the courtroom here in Springfield, but um, of course, they they closed that to the public. And so it's been uh, it's been nice to to see them all at once and to to have uh, some immediate audio. You know, the court has really opened itself up to the public, um, really increased their accessibility, and on on top of the Supreme Court still kind of maintaining a sense of normalcy. Uh, this pandemic has also brought a lot of attention to the judicial branch more than it really has uh, in years past with the number of lawsuits that have been filed uh, challenging. The governor's stay-at-home order. So, to be able to report on not only the court but also um, the intersection of the of the branches has been really, really interesting. Okay, uh, Cade, let's go to you. Uh, you're at the State Journal Register here in Springfield. Uh, what's it been like over there? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just certainly looking at coming into this session. Uh, into this internship, obviously, uh, I envisioned myself being on the in the House chamber and the Senate chamber more often, and you know, covering you know debates and committee hearings and whatnot. Um, I think as as uh, the first few days or the first week of this transition happened, it may have been a little more challenging to find you know unique story ideas because a lot of it was just the same of a lot of things are closing and this everything was kind of going down at the same time but um as the you know two months have kind of gone by i think it's really allowed us to get more creative and in our writing um you know we're not just writing on straight news this is what happened at committee hearing you know that's it's allowed us to kind of adapt and tell um you know more i think impactful stories um you know it's it's not as much of the straight news i think uh you know i, I think it's uh kind of challenged us okay uh we're also joined here by neil early who's an intern assigned with the chicago sun times uh neil a lot of state business activities actually been taking place in chicago uh what's it been like uh being based out of the state house when uh things are going most of the stuff going going on is you know back at your mothership yeah, I mean, like you, you said it, uh, the basis of like the, the pandemic is in Chicago and, you know, being down in Springfield, it's a little bit of a adjustment because, you know, like Kate said, I came here expecting me covering the state house, covering bills, and know, that stuff is going on. So it was an adjustment for me at first. And uh, also, again, like what Kate said, you'd have to get more creative with stories because there's typical stories of bills passing out of committee, the House and Senate voting on stuff. That stuff wasn't happening. And everything but the pandemic related was pretty much happening in Chicago and the central Illinois stories of the pandemic were not, you know, strictly speaking, that relevant to a Chicago paper like the Sun Times. So like Kate said, you know, you have to get a little bit more creative on, on this type of stories you work on. And I got to work on some more like in-depth stuff rather than just the typical straight breaking news, which I think it was I think it was a good opportunity to do that type of stuff. 
Okay, I want to go to each of you. Uh, what's been the one thing you've done this semester that you're most proud of, your biggest accomplishment so far? Start with you, Neil. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it was doing some of the reporting on, on Central Illinois uh, um, in Southern Illinois for the Sun-Times. The Sun-Times usually does not report on downstate stories. It's a very Chicago-based newspaper for obvious reasons. That's where its readership is. Um, but I think uh, this pandemic being based in Springfield, talking with my editor, Scott, you know, took the opportunity being here in Central Illinois to go out to some of the small towns and speak with people, kind of get that perspective and kind of, you know, have readers in Chicago look at the part of the state that they sometimes don't think about much and kind of get a, a window into what the pandemic was like down there. So I think I, I was proud to do some of that reporting. Okay, Cade, what's it been like for you? You know, coming into this, I had never done uh, news in general. I was uh, all sports in my undergrad. So I think <clears throat> it was... You know, just I was just kind of beginning to adapt to covering the legislature and covering, you know, state government. And then the pandemic comes on and I have to adapt again. So I, I can't really pinpoint really one story, <clears throat> one story or anything. But I think just the uh, constant adapting and, you know, trying to find different story angles that, um, you know, aren't being told by by everyone. But um you know, just, just trying to find different ways to tell a story and, and with those topics always changing now. And I've always thought that there are a lot of parallels between statehouse reporting and sports reporting. Uh, have you been able to transpose you know, from one beat to another? <clears throat> um, you know, I think so. I think that, like you said, I mean, the, the storytelling of it, um, I think a lot of it does kind of overlap, uh, like the style of it and you know the accuracy of it and, and whatnot so there are some some things that i was you know i'm able to pull from past experience that kind of helps that helped me you know transition into into this okay uh tim you were talking earlier about uh the number of lawsuits that have been uh filed against the governor and challenging the stay-at-home order uh what's it been like covering that from a legal angle yeah, so it's 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 difficult uh, to not get caught up in the in the, politi the political side of, of these lawsuits. Um, you know, the the speakers of, of these are typically representatives uh, or um, private citizens, and there is of course a legal side and a political side. And so sometimes you have to sort of put the political uh, side on mute and focus just on the legal side. And that's like you mentioned, Peter has been sort of the basis of my reporting and. And it's interesting to see that at first these were really nuanced legal arguments um, and now they've been sort of recycled over and over again, uh, challenging the, the governor's authority under state law, um, as well as uh, challenging in federal court too. And so as these lawsuits you know, move forward in a court system that is uh, operating under a reduced capacity, you've seen some of these lawsuits evolve uh, but some of their legal arguments have remained relatively the same. And uh, as we you know, move forward there, I think we're getting close to uh, uh, 10, if not 15 different lawsuits um, at both the state and the federal level. What have we heard so far from the courts? Uh, there have been a handful of very preliminary decisions. Uh, who seems to be winning the day here? Uh, so I, I, I don't know if I would put a, you know, uh, an, an, a batting average on, on the governor, but so far he's he's hitting uh, 
over 500, um, to use a sports metaphor. Uh, so far, his, his orders have been held up in federal court. Uh, just this weekend, a panel of, uh, of judges on the Seventh Circuit Appellate Court upheld um, his order. And uh, we've also seen the order upheld um, by some lower courts as well as they apply to specific situations. So we haven't had a, a sort of sweeping ruling yet. Um, there was a chance for the Illinois Supreme Court to weigh in, uh, but they decided not to. And so uh, we've yet to see sort of a blanket ruling, but as all of these suits move forward, um, what they do is build precedent that could be used later on. So once you know a lower court judge does uphold a ruling that can be used again or overturned, but so far we've seen uh, the governor come out on top. Okay, Ben, let's go to you. Uh, you've done quite a bit of environmental reporting and reporting on agriculture. Uh, and you've been yeah. just kind of on the general beat, as we all have, covering the daily press briefings. Uh, what's What do you walk away from this semester with? Uh, what's the biggest thing that stands out in your mind? I think uh, it's sort of challenged my, story, my storytelling abilities. Um, so, you know, from covering, you know, specific COVID-19 type stories to, like, branching out into things that are um, either related to state government or are instead like statewide issues. So you mentioned um, agriculture. Um, you know, I, I did a big sit down interview with the new agriculture director and um, with a conversation that ranged every, you know, from topics from the state's hemp program to um, any sort of like ethics uh, screening he may have gotten from the governor. Um, you know, I've also done statewide ag stories on, um, you know, corn and soybean prices, um, crop yields, and um, how, uh, I remember one story early in like February when COVID-19 was, was really mostly just a China problem, but since China buys most Illinois soybeans, how that was, you know, how that crisis was hurting farmers. So, um, you know, CNI, as you know, Peter, we uh, serve many, many uh, rural small newspapers and um, you know, that sort of rural issue coverage uh, has proved very important to them. And um, I'm glad I've, I've been able to challenge myself and provide them with that content. Okay, so now, finally, for all of you, we're sitting here in mid-May. You all have graduation coming up here pretty soon. Um, one of the industries that's been hit by the coronavirus has been the news business. Uh, advertising revenue is down. Uh, what's it like in the job market right now? I guess I'll take that first um, as, you know, someone actively looking for employment. I think, uh, you know, I have I had a year of television experience between my undergrad and then my current master's. Um, so, you know, television is something I can get back into. And so what I've noticed looking for jobs is that the newspaper business, very reliant on like, uh, you know, like business revenue, things that are closed right now. So, you know, jobs like the job boards, like listings really just dropped off after like, you know, late, late March around then. Um, and they really haven't come back. And like you said, Peter, the people laid off and, and, and such, uh, television hasn't been impacted as much. I mean, there are definitely less jobs available, but TV revenue is a little different. Uh, they'll always like every, uh, even year, they have a big spike in revenue from political advertisements, um, and other things so you know their television stations have laid off fewer people and have been in a better position but still journalism as a as a whole 
hasn't really hit. So, you know, I'm hoping to find something and, and, you know, there's still jobs that I've applied for and heard back. So, um, personally, you know, it's been, it's been a challenge, but it hasn't been a total wasteland. Okay. Tim, how about you? What are you seeing in the job market? Are you hoping to stay in Illinois? Uh, I am hoping to stay here, Peter, and I'm I'm really hoping to stay with the Law Bulletin too. Uh, it's it's a it's a great media organization, um, and there has been a sort of a pattern of the intern becoming part of the the family um, after after the internship ends. So I hope to kind of continue um, in that in that scheme. But uh, to second what what Ben was saying, you know we. We see right now during a you know a, a global pandemic just how essential journalism really is. Um, that was even signaled by uh, the governor's first uh, stay-at-home orders. We the media was still considered an essential business under those orders, and they continue to be. So I think you know uh, there there is sort of a, a codification of, of how important uh, this this industry is. Absolutely, Cade. What are you seeing out there? Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with Ben, what Ben said. I mean, it's not a total wasteland, but it certainly has, you know, dropped off, uh, just as basically every industry has, uh, over the past couple of months. Um, I mean, and I have also noticed more, slightly more jobs in TV than there are in newspapers. Um, I mean, that's just kind of a reflection of where the industry is going as well, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's still, even if, you know, there might be less jobs right now, but I mean, there's, I think, you know, journalism continues on and, you know, just like what Tim said, it's, it was considered an essential business. Um, and, you know, the, the storytelling will continue. Um, maybe this, you know, pandemic, which has, you know, switched a lot of things virtually. I mean, it could change the way storytelling is done um, towards the future, but don't know that yet um yeah i think i think uh it it may hit a low right now but um you know it's it's not it's not going anywhere i don't think okay and uh finally we'll go to neil Uh, i want to circle back to something uh somebody said earlier about i think it was tim talking about how this has really highlighted the importance of local journalism community journalism all over the country Mm -hmm. all over illinois um are you seeing that reflected in the job market I mean, unfortunately, you know, um, it's, you know, local newspapers are the ones that are hit the hardest. There will always be a New York Times and a Washington Post and an MSNBC, Fox News, CNN that will be covering national politics. They'll be following the president and Congress. But for local newspapers, um, that's not always going to be the case. Uh, I went to school undergrad at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. And the editor of the Bloomington Herald Times was laid off and he was kicked out of his apartment building in Bloomington with no warning, the apartment that was paid for by the Herald Times. And now he's living in a Motel 6 and he's in his 50s and he's a seasoned newspaper editor and he was just kicked off, you know, out onto the street a few weeks ago. So it's depressing. Um, Local newspapers are cutting back and back. I used to work for a small newspaper in Montgomery County, Maryland that was around before the civil war and it just closed down so it's depressing you know you you're on twitter and you follow all these seasoned veteran reporters and they're being laid off or they're being furloughed you know eventually some of this will there will be some bounce back and things will get better but you know i can't you know lie it, it's depressing 
Yeah, and if I can piggyback off off what Neil sure, said. Sure, go ahead, Ben. So it's especially those smaller papers. I grew up in a very small town in, in Pennsylvania, uh, and they cut back circulation. You know, they're you know, talking to people. They're you know, it's hard to pay the bills, and um, even the large local newspapers. You know, these big regionals like the Chicago Tribune. Like we've all seen what's happened with the Chicago Tribune. People getting laid off, um, and it's just you know it, it it's there will always be a New York times. There will always be a, a Washington post. And you hope there's always going to be a Boston globe or a Houston Chronicle or a Chicago tribune. But, but even then these large um, staple regional papers are having the same financial struggles. Okay, gentlemen. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that and best of luck to all of you on your graduation and congratulations by the way. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this edition of capital cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening.